0: Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. My name is Brent. I'm here today with TJ. Yeah. And I'm happy to welcome Chris back. Hello. He's returned. He has been on assignment learning lots of fun things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be talking about things we've been watching, and then we're going to hit some some news, and uh, then we're going to tell you what you should go see this week, because you don't need to think for yourself. We've got us to do it for you. <laughs> exactly. So uh, let's start with
1: Chris. Okay. What you What you been watching, buddy? I have no idea how to start. So then I think the only new new movie I haven't talked about that I saw is Sorry to Bother You. Mm. which I know you guys covered. Well, TJ has seen it. I don't. I haven't.
0: So uh, what do you think?
1: I really liked it. It is strange as shit. But not in a way that is an impediment to it. Um, Easy yeah, you can put it all together. Yeah, There's oh a yeah, good definite narrative. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah, it's it's not strange in the sense that like decisions are made about it's not it's not noise mm-hmm. and just like strange shit going on. Um, it's the, the, there are very clear directions that are taken. This takes crazy turns. Yeah, but at least one at a time. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really good. I really like Tessa Thompson, Leakeith Stanfield. I think they're both really good in it. I
2: was, sadly, this reminds me of Get Out when I thought Bradley Woodford Die. may have won that movie. Um,
1: but Army Hammer? I thought Army Hammer was fan-fucking-tastic. You mean best white guy in the black guy movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Army Hammer is really good. He plays such a crazy character, too. It, it reminded me of Bobby Newport from Parks and Recreation <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like so rich he has no idea what to do with his money so he just does ridiculous shit with I it
2: I laughed so hard after the like when they blow up the big twist yeah and the stock like goes through the roof and he's on TV and he's just behind like these like suits that are like stoic and he's behind him just like he's got like a gun in one hand and champagne in the other hand in the news conference and he's just like yeah he's like <laughs> shooting it off and pouring champagne everywhere
1: <laughs>
0: It strikes me. Yeah. I don't think I asked you this uh, when you saw it. Too. It strikes me as, this is a comedy. First. Yeah. A comedy first, but mm-hmm. with different elements.
2: It's got horror elements. Yeah. It's drama. Yeah. Romance. Right? It's kind of all over the place. Yeah. That, it's kind of all over the place, order.
1: which is I don't want to call it a like political satire, but it feels like one.
0: Like, so it's, it's if it's a it's a, if it's a comedy, it's in the satire. Right. No,
1: no, no, no cause it's pretty clearly comedy w- without like reference to you, but like the only the only real through line from the start of the movie's the end is it, it's it's a critique of wealth obsessed culture in a way that's really amusing, but it still has a movie that plays through where you can ignore that
2: and and even. It's weird, right? Like, the wealth-obsessed culture part is, is 100% right on that. But it's also, it's not just from, like, people with money. No. It's like poor people also are wealth-obsessed, and it's dumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like, like, Tessa Thompson's character is, like, obsessed with poverty. And that's, like, that's, like, the big joke about her. But, you know, the whole, like, auth- authenticity, her and Stephen Young, like, being authentically poor. Right. Yeah. But it's, they definitely make fun of that. that yeah. It sounds weird, but. Yeah. No, but it's it's yeah it, it's I think it's it's really clever and even if you like don't give a shit about any of like the the larger message I think it's still really entertaining really funny really sweet at times like you know Lakeith Stanfield does more with his monotone underplayed you know vocal acting uh, than you know a lot of leads in movies today so I I really like him and and I think last year we were big on Lakeith Stanfield and I think that the, the trend
0: continues bye bye bye. I do want to see it. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of everything I've seen him in.
1: Mm-hmm. And for, for a directorial debut, this is, A, really fucking bold. Um, which, I guess, directorial debuts can go that way. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you make your statement movie. Especially when you're somebody like... Boots Riley. Yeah, where you're not
2: some noob. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody knows who you are.
0: I get the feeling with debuts that I feel like it's something that's been percolating sort of in their head for a long time. And so it's it often winds up the most fully formed vision and then you get like after you nail that, that something you work on for years, especially in his case where he's worked on that for years and right. years. Yeah. And then, then it's a hit and then people are like, let's crank out another movie by next year. And they sometimes do a good job but sometimes it's, it's you know, it's forced. It's why software slump is a
2: term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For music and movies and any, any media. But, yeah, it's, um, I echo everything Chris said. It's, at the very least, insanely interesting. And it is well done. Cool.
1: Yeah. What else? I, I rewatched watched a bunch of stuff, but remember, this is all, like, hotel rooms and, like, in the background, I don't really care to talk about much else. Um, you know, we could get into a conversation about how, like, hey, The Lion King's really good, right? <laughs> like, Back to the Future, that's a solid movie. Uh, cause those are the types of movies I put on in the background when, uh... Movies you already know stuff. but can still entertain you. Yeah, movies yeah. that like I could close my eyes and ears and and I'd still effectively watch the movie mm-hmm. just knowing that it's on. I know what's happening. There's something comforting in movies like that. Yeah, there's just to have them on. Yeah, we had a little game
2: night playing this game we play Hanabi, uh, Friday night, and was with a buddy of mine, Cody, and uh, we both are huge Jurassic Park fans, and it was just like it was on AMC or whatever. Yeah. And I was like yeah, put that on. <laughs> I don't need really to see what's going on. But it just turned into me saying lines seconds before <laughs> that happened throughout the whole film.
1: Yeah. And then <clears throat> yesterday, Stars is running the Fellowship Two Towers Return of the King block. It's so great just to yeah. put on. So, like, so Stars Edge, I guess, one day was like, we don't want to think about our programming t- this month. Yeah. So, let's just circulate. Cause What's the total runtime? Like nine and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, right, right around nine. Yeah, so they could just like so two and a half is a day. They could get yeah. the they could
0: get the extended cuts and make it like eleven.
1: I don't think I would ever have the patience to sit down and watch the extended cuts of all those. I used to own them, and then uh, I don't know what
0: happened to them. But they, uh, I, I had decided to
1: unburden yourself. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I had them. That's the those are the only ones that I. Ever really watched other than when I went first went to see in the theater, but then uh, I recently watched it on Stars, I think, on streaming, and uh, there was no difference. There's yeah. a reason they cut the stuff out. Yeah, that they cut out. It's not necessary. Otherwise, yeah. they would have found a way to work it into their three hour and fifteen minute movie.
1: Yeah, it wasn't
2: like studio either. Right. It was Peter Jackson. who was like, "Let's cut some of this." Yeah. yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's it's not. I'm really not watching Return of the King for extended dialogue from the elves at like the shore at the end of the movie like that's <laughs> that is that is the definition of cuttable material right but watching uh watching parts of Two Towers that movie's got bloat man it's good <laughs> yeah but it's just I don't know I need to like actually sit down and watch them but pacing is just like the enemy of the Two Towers I think that's the number one huh. problem for Two Towers it feels paced so weird interesting Oh, disagree. They have, like, a bunch of surprise reveals that Gandalf is back. Instead of just, like, one. Like, there's there's multiple cliffhangers of, like, the White Wizard, and then, like, cut away to this group of people who, like, runs into the... The White Wizard? And then, like... I I, I think that Peter Jackson didn't have a lot. Two Towers is the shortest book. And it's, from what I remember, I'm pretty sure Two Towers is the shortest. Anyway, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about a movie that I hardly watched. <laughs> <laughs> that was a rewatch, but... Is it it then free or yeah? Anything game-wise? I'm fine leaving it there. <laughs> anything game wise? No, I talked about golf story last time. Golf story's still a fun little thing. I haven't really played anything in a yeah. while. <laughs> I bought Octopath Traveler, and I'm just waiting for you know when I have a spare 120 hours to play through that. Um, don't think I'll get through it soon, <laughs> um, but but yeah, that that is my next thing I'm going to look at. Uh, Dead Cells came out of Early Access. That was a game I was big on last year. I wrote up a thing about it. It's out of Early Access. And, uh... Hey, I guess I was right. Uh... People are going fucking insane about that game. Nice. Um... It's on every platform. And that's all that I have heard from games podcasts the past, like, two and a half weeks. Cool. Yeah. DJ. That's me.
2: I watched one uh, animated movie. It was a rewatch. Uh... Only rewatches for me on my watch list. But... One of them will be fun to talk about a little bit, I think. But I watched an animated film I know Chris has seen. I don't know if you've seen it, Brent. But we watched uh, The Princess and the Frog. I've not seen that movie. It's so fucking great. Yeah. It's really good. And and I really do think it's got the best music of any animated Disney film. Wow. I'm going to put that out there. That's high praise. It is. How not is that? Um... No, so the movie obviously takes place in New Orleans. First off, the casting is great. It's like Harry Connick Jr. plays a character, John Goodman. like
1: Actual New Orleans natives. Yeah. All these New Orleans people are in it, which is super fun. Keith David plays the villain. Yeah. Which is, Keith David could voice any villain in any movie and be like, yep, so good. Perfect. But the reason I think
2: the music is so great is that they take every kind of, every genre that's ever tied to, like, the bayou and kind of do a song in that way. So there's like straight New Orleans jazz, there's even like Delta Blues, Zydeco, Bayou, Rock, you yeah. like Acadian music, mm-hmm. and they, they hit it all, which is like, if you're going to do a movie in New Orleans about New Orleans culture, especially if you're Disney, like that's, I feel like the one city in the US where people will fucking take offense if you fuck it up, you know, they are. They yeah. are very, very protective of New Orleans.
1: I think that's that's one of the reasons why people didn't like Treme because it's so, like, scatterbrained. But, like, if, you do, if you're if you right. If you do something about New Orleans, you know there's going to be people going, like, how do you do a thing about New Orleans and not include this? People in New Orleans love Treme. Yeah. Like, the natives there. The,
2: I used to work at a music festival every year, and the security company up there is they bring in from New Orleans. It's the security for the um, Superdome. Okay. Works security at the music festival I worked at. And... Uh, they all just thought Treme was, like, a masterpiece. Like they loved it. David Simon.
1: Yeah. Turns out he makes good shows. <laughs> yeah,
2: no kidding. But it's a great princess. It's a great love story. The side characters are fantastic. Like the alligator who wants to play in a...
1: Yeah, she wants to play trauma to Play trumpet. Trumpet and yeah. jazz
2: band. The uh, heartbreaking story of Ray the Firefly, who falls in love with the North Star, is so sad. It's just a five-star animated Disney movie. I mean, well, not the first and won't be the last, but yeah, it's... It's up there with Cinderella or Snow White or Tangled or Lion King. It's just great. Really good. The best fictional food ever, in my mind, still.
1: Tiana's beignets.
2: Tiana's beignets. <laughs> best beignets in New Orleans. The other part of my watch list is uh, I have a definitive ranking of all the Mission Impossible, <laughs> Mission Impossible movies. <laughs>
0: definitive. Definitive. I think we're going to agree on, uh, on everything except maybe the order of the top three. We'll see. I don't know.
2: Two and a half stars. I, I think I know one. your bottom
1: one. Yeah. Mission Impossible 2. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half stars. It's the only one I would not recommend. You could skip it. it. Yeah. It's so obviously like a... Like, oh, we gotta make another one of these. made a lot of money. Let's go. Let's make a lot of money. John Woo's really hot right now. Let's do this. Let's have Dubs motorcycles. (laughs) Yeah. Let's have them inexplicably jump off their motorcycles. How do you take... And I get get that Mission Impossible movies have, have escalated the action. But, like, how do you take Mission Impossible 1, which is kind of like a slow burn, more, like... More, more espionage than it is like the thriller part of spy thriller, mm-hmm. like, and then go from that into Mission Impossible too. Just the whole, the first two scenes in that are just
2: like, laughable almost. This, <laughs> the plane scene where you don't like, you think it's Ethan Hunt, but he's calling him Dimitri, and then it's not Ethan Hunt. He pulls off the mask, the bad guy does, and it's like, why was this? It's not a trick. I didn't know it was supposed to be anything. Like you just started showing me this
1: thing, and you're like, but I'm not Ethan Hunt. It's like, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, they got a little ridiculous with the mask shit, even up into, like, the fourth Mission Impossible. It was still, the uh, mask gag in Fallout's really good. Okay, good. They do one in every movie, and it's this one, did you think the mask gag in Fallout paid off? Yes. It was, it was done well. Yes. Mask gag in Mission Impossible. The, ma- the whole thing, Mission Impossible 3 is mask. <laughs> it is, fa- is, like, realistic mask. Okay, so number
0: a- six, the six, six, last place is... Mission Impossible 2. I'm interested to hear what... I have a prediction. Can I guess yours? Sure. I predict you will put Mission Impossible 3 next. No. Good. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Correct.
2: Okay. It's a four-star movie, though. It's a big jump up to Rogue Nation. A little boring. The action scene is maybe the worst like big action scene for a Mission Impossible movie. It's the one where he's in the... Like turbine of water, and he has to hold his breath for three minutes and mm-hmm. retrieve a disc. And he drops the fake disc and the real disc, and he doesn't know which one is which. It's it's good, right? But it's it's underwater, so it's not as like most of the fear there is him running out of breath, and that just doesn't translate visually, right? You know, so it just seemed like a kind of a bad bad choice. And that was the first one directed by the guy who directed yes, Fallout,
0: Christopher Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah,
2: he's directed the last two, but it's good, and the cast is really good. Simon Pegg's return at that point mm-hmm. is great. Luther's great. And uh it's the introduction of
0: yeah, Rebecca Ferguson's Yeah, Rebecca
2: Ferguson's uh M I not M I IM not IMF, Jesus Christ. World Bank. Uh, what's the British
1: M I six MI six? MI six version. Oh. Yeah. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that and I haven't seen anyone.
0: What's uh, so what's your number four movie? Number
1: four is uh
2: Mission Impossible three. Great, a,
0: great villain, and everything else is just sort of
2: okay. Four and a half stars. Uh, a little heavy on what Chris was saying kind of earlier. The like running dialogue, explaining plot is a little convoluted at times. It just sort of runs a little long. That makes sense. It's the J.J. Abrams movie of the set. And I still haven't talked about the first Mission Impossible, but I do think this is the best opening scene in a Mission Impossible movie. Because it starts with the end. It's... Owen oh, David counting down to 10 with a gun at uh, Ethan Hunt's wife's head. And it's, you immediately get that, oh shit, this villain's for real. Because he had the gun to her head. He's like, I'm gonna get to, when I get to 10, I kill her. And it's like, one. And he's like, the rabbit foot's in Paris. I'll go get it for you. He's like, it's not in Paris. Two. And it's like, oh shit. Like, yeah. he knows. You know? Yeah. He's just really good. It's also got an actor I'm really fond of. Uh, I don't know if I remember his name. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Shortly. no.
0: Tom Cruise? Billy Crudup. Uh, plays the yeah. director. Yeah, of impossible, misenforced. Really the crew up is always sneaky good yeah. movies. So then I think you have to put the first one next. No, wow. Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol's three. next. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, I had a lot of fun rewatching that. It might have the best single action sequence, which is the Burj Khalifa nonsense. Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's ridiculous. I was watching it with Cass, and when he repels off, like blaze off, like five stories up.
1: And just straight runs down the Burj Khalifa at like three thousand feet. I mean, you just laugh out loud. It's yeah. so funny. And then he is it a bomb he outruns or a sandstorm? Sandstorm. He outruns the sandstorm. A sandstorm. He outruns the sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> right after running straight down the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess he doesn't. He doesn't wholly outrun it. Is, I mean, it catches up to him. Yeah. yeah. That's also the introduction of a really good villain in Simon Lane, who continues in Fallout. Um, also, it's Simon Pegg's first movie, and he is he is in a breath of fresh air in those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like you're taking like a great bad guy from Mission Impossible 3 who's like super serious like you ne- they needed a, a, a an air of lightness. Like, He's the new Luther too. Like oh this guy fits
2: forever. Yeah. We can just have him in. We don't have to worry about it. Mission Impossible 1 is the second best Mission Impossible movie though. Uh,
0: it got it's only at 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. I still like it. I still have fond memories of it. It feels like it has aged sort of poorly compared to some movies from that era that I love. But I uh, I am a big fan. And you and Chris is right, it's the most espionage of the of the set. It's less reliant on, on action set pieces because Langley is not an action set piece. Langley is a is a spy thriller Bingo. scene. Bingo. it's got the
2: best single scene in the Mission Impossible franchise though, I think. Langley? Language. It's ridiculously good. The whole setup yeah. is so fun. Uh, it's just great. I think it gets a lot of backlash because the backlash from the people that remember the show fucking hated the movie because it takes the second main character from the TV show makes him the villain mm-hmm. and Jim Phelps. Yeah, and he was the star of the show, right? Oh, well, yes the the star of the show, the second biggest character in the film.
0: Yes, yeah. Build as John Void as Jim
2: Phelps. And everybody's like, oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. And then you turn that on its face. You take a beloved character and, you know, make him a rat. People are going to dislike that. but People dislike rats. It's also early. It's 96. I mean, before that, when you have, like, natural-born killers of Pulp Fiction, it feels weird to compare Mission Impossible to that. But movies didn't do that a lot there's like twisted turns, and you know the bad guys are the good guys, and the good guys are the bad guys. I remember when I was a kid, I was confused when I watched it. It's confusing. Yeah, it, yeah, it <clears> is <throat> a
1: confusing movie. We saw, it, I think we saw it in theaters. It's not it doesn't have that bad of a rating. um like, yeah, I think it's PG thirteen maybe, like barely PG thirteen. I bet it's PG thirteen. There's a bit of blood, I think like actual all blood. PG thirteen. Yeah. But like, I remember seeing it young and being like, what's happening? Yeah.
2: Is it Jean René The guy who gets yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, he's fun. It's good. I don't know. I just think it got a lot of backlash for that. I think it ages really well, to be honest with you. I would disagree. I mean, the computer stuff doesn't age great, but it's not like they were behind the times then. Like, if you're going to put computers in your movie, they're, it's going to age poorly. Yeah. You know? I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, probably like (laughs) the movie that
1: came out last year is already aged poorly. It's like, (laughs) ha ha ha. Look at that. Big-ass flash drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird watching movies where people still use, like, the slide-out keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that was, like, what, three years ago? Yeah, number one, we talked about last week
2: pretty extensively, but it's Mission Impossible Fallout. It's one of the most fun times I've ever had in a movie theater. Before I saw it, Brent described it as a roller coaster, and there's one point where he's, like, jumping out of an airplane in the beginning, and it's, like, first person, and you do kind of go, like, <laughs> You lean forward, hold on to your seat. If you can't have fun with that movie,
0: you can't have fun with movies. That's
2: That's another reason that one hurts, I think, is that people didn't know what they were getting into. They thought it was one thing and it was just another. Yeah.
0: I like it when a movie just knows what it is, you know? And I feel like Mission Impossible Fallout has a really good self-awareness of what this movie needs to be, which is not dense with plot. I mean, it is the simplest, it is the most, like, recycled plot possible. It's just... Hey, there's some nukes out there. We got to go stop the nukes. Yeah. It's literally the first thing Your you can think. Your government has
1: abandoned you, probably. Yeah.
0: And so, disavowed <laughs> for the sixth time. Yeah. <laughs> so, why bogged down with explaining plot when we just need to get to Tom Cruise running, Tom Cruise doing <laughs> insane stunts, and uh, I'm really excited to see the bathroom fight. It's
2: really cool. Bathroom fight's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. We talked about it last podcast, but I'll happily talk about it again. <laughs> uh, Henry
1: Cavill cocking his arms like a shotgun is fucking awesome Yeah, every time I see that in the trailer I'm like man that's gonna be the thing that makes me want to get in shape (laughs) is watching Henry Cavill (laughs) cock his dress
0: shirt
1: (laughs) it's funny you see the trailer and you laugh and you're like that's kinda corny then you see it in the movie and you laugh and you're like that's kinda corny but it's pretty fucking great (laughs) yeah Yeah. so then then your list just to recap was 2 Rogue Nation 3 Ghost Protocol 1 Fallout. Uh, yes.
0: Real quick, my list would be two, three, one. Uh, rogue rogue, rogue Ghost. Nation, Ghost Protocol, Fallout. I would also put Fallout first. Yeah, it's so different from what the first movie was, and I love the first movie. <laughs> first movie is like my one of my favorite movies when I was a kid,
1: yeah. and now it's it's the just third it's, best Mission Impossible. Movie. You should watch it again.
0: I liked it a
2: way I, more than I thought I did. I saw about I a year I ago. I okay. Yeah. yeah, watch it
1: again, idiot. You should watch it, you should watch it again <laughs> again, though.
2: Again again. I just thought, I, I thought I really thought I was going to give it like four stars and I was going to be like, oh, I kind of know what happens. And I watched it and I was, I was glued. Mm. We were way wrong last on the last podcast about the order of deaths, though, <laughs> of the original IMF um, team. So first is Emilio Estevez. He's the uh, first to go. Then it's the blonde who's on the stairs with the glasses.
1: Who's
2: mm-hmm. keeping an eye on the the mole. Then you believe it's Claire. It's not Claire. Then Kristen Scott Thomas. Then Phelps. I get it. I should watch it again. <laughs> I mean, we were all wrong. Yeah. We all thought I think it was Kristen Scott Thomas. As we thought as we thought she died in the car explosion. But she does not. stabbed. She gets stabbed yeah. by what ends up being John Renee.
0: I remember thinking yeah. about that after I got home from the podcast last week. Thinking, I definitely got that wrong. because <laughs> Scott Thomas gets stabbed. She does yeah. not get blown up. Anyway. Um. What else you watch? That's it. You just,
3: oh, okay.
0: All right, I'll go. I, it was also a, a lot of rewatches for me. Um, I watched uh, Clueless. I don't think I talked about that last time. I watched Clueless for the second time, and that movie was really fun. I love Clueless. So, the last time this was on a watch list for Talkie Talk, David <laughs> had watched it and thought it was super creepy
2: that Cher was dating his her stepbrother who was in college while she was in high school. I brought
1: up the question, and then David, like, Wholeheartedly, blindly agreed with me. So, you think it's also like creepy? No, I asked the question. I was like, Did anyone think it was creepy? And David was like, Yes, super creepy. I said, I thought it was a little weird. Yeah. So, I never I never thought of it
0: being weird or creepy, but you just watched it. Did it ever jump out to you? He was like, Wait a minute. It, it didn't strike me that way. Because okay. he, he seemed, I mean, it seemed like he was a freshman in his first semester, and she was, so, I mean, it was like. A sophomore? It could be 18 school. and 16, so.
2: Yeah.
0: It strikes me weird that he would want to. That he would be interested in dating her because he's in college
1: and he's smart <laughs> and pretty good looking. She's not. She's also smart good looking, <laughs> but she's good looking and yeah. just slow today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, it didn't didn't strike me as weird. It's too weird, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's it is unusual, right? Man, Paul Rudd just has not
1: aged <laughs> at all. He's like he and Keanu Reeves are drinking something. <laughs> Where they just, like, just don't age at all. I mean, the like thing self-aging is... Self-aging polyjuice. The potion. thing I
0: noticed in this movie is that, like, he was probably, like, 22 in this, or 23. He was young when this movie came out, I would guess. When did he... Man, it's right around when he appeared in Friends, though. It's, like, just a year or two earlier. Clueless was, what, 95? And he was probably in Friends in, like... 97, 98, 99. No, he was later seasons. He was... He yeah, was but like, when did Friends end?
2: I thought it ended in 01. Am I off, off on that?
0: Friends debuted in 94. And it ran for ten seasons. Okay, so it's like oh, 03 years so later so, than that. Yeah, but like he still looks the same. But uh, <laughs> but the thing is, like I feel like he when he was like twenty, he probably looked about thirty, and he still looks thirty. Yeah, so he's looked thirty for <laughs> <done> twenty five <laughs> years. Yeah, because yeah. um, he looked older than eighteen in Clueless. Yeah, I think he looked. He definitely looked older. He looks like a thirty year old in the Halloween he's into, which is filmed right around the same time as Clueless. Um, he's supposed to be
2: like a. 18 year old kid
0: that movie had uh, one scene that just made me belly laugh and that's when they get on the freeway and with a uh, it's somebody else driving I forget who's because yes uh, Stacy Dash what's her character's name Vi I'm not sure I know the answer is right out there somebody's uh, named Vi uh, maybe I, I just don't remember but or no Ty is Brittany Murphy that's it yeah. When Cher screams in absolute terror at them being on the freeway because she's so afraid of it, having just, you know, struggled with her driving and whatnot. God, that's it just made me laugh so hard. So yeah, Clueless. It was a fun fun re- revisit because it's been a long time. The
2: One of the parts that doesn't age well, but I'll, I'll admit, it's pretty funny is when they're telling her that Christian is gay and just all the slang terms <laughs> they use to describe <laughs> him as gay. They're not,
0: like, mean, but... You know, it's... Very dated. Very dated. <laughs> uh, rewatched... Uh, There's another second time. All these, I think, were... Most of these were second time watches. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Rewatched nice. Shaun of the Dead. Second time I'd seen it. God, I love that movie.
1: It's yeah. so fun. <clears throat> so before the podcast, we were talking about uh, songs not written for movies, but are indelibly associated with movies in, like, iconic scenes or something. Don't Stop Me Now. Don't Stop Me Now in that mm-hmm. bar. It's, it's just so good. It's the funniest part of the movie to me. I can't watch
2: that without laughing.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: so, so dumb and funny I love when he gets when they're they're tr- they've crept past all the zombies and they're to the door and they're trying to figure out how to get inside and then uh he gets the phone call and he's just like say hang on a second like, yeah we're just uh you know trying to escape from some zombies right now what are you doing <laughs>
1: uh
0: I love his the cluelessness of of that character
1: yeah my my favorite like one-off joke is when they're going behind the gardens of all the houses, and they run into the survival group that is like one to one exactly yeah. them, which uh, surprises me. at uh, Martin Freeman's one yeah. of them. Yeah, it's Martin Freeman. It's got uh, the actress who plays Dawn from the British Office. Yeah, it's got it's got a bunch of like really well known British uh, British actors. Yeah. yeah, like a it's it's a it's an alternate casting for Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Well, Dawn's in the main group.
0: She's the she's the flatmate of she's one of the flatmates of uh oh right 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 of his ex yeah cuz I, I like that little moment when they're passing by and it's like oh don gets to meet uh tim yeah, yeah. right. here in this uh zombie apocalypse that's fun yeah just a uh, egg Wright nailed it i just love the have a pints when they're talking about their plan
2: everything works out and they're just they always end up sitting at the bar laughing Can't wait till this, and
0: wait for it all to blow over. <laughs> <laughs> That's a point of to all blow over. My favorite running gag in the movie is uh, the constant reminders of it's not my dad, but because everybody <laughs> calls is right. uh, Bill Nighy, yeah, is his dad. Yeah, I love Bill Nighy. I uh, rewatched. This is not a second. This is probably a fifth or sixth watch. But I rewatched Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo still a masterpiece just checking in to make sure of that so
1: uh, (laughs) was that after the conversation you had on Facebook with someone about they were like I'm surprised that this Hitchcock movie was good (laughs) and you were like well if you like that here are my top five favorites
0: (laughs) no this is I'd actually that was just a circumstance I'd already watched uh, Vertigo when when somebody brought that up I like that thread though. More of that, please, if you're listening. Yeah, start stuff on the on the Facebook group. I mean, don't start stuff. That sounds like I'm trying <laughs> we'll to get you started. Do something. Do something. <laughs> Do something. Uh, I rewatched Tootsie. Tootsie was fun. A, a second watch. I forgot how fun that movie is. It's Actually, really so it, like surprisingly ages well. Yes, it is a. I was expecting some awkward misogynist humor, but it's it cool. winds up being pretty feminist. It's Pretty much the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill Murray's great in that movie. I'll, it's it's another one of those movies where I, I forgot Bill Murray was in this. He's yeah. so good in it. Uh, really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Couple of movies I watched for the first time. One movie is a little older. It's from uh, It's from about eight years ago. It's called uh, Seventeen Again. Yeah, I've seen Seventeen Again multiple um, times. So that movie way better than it has any right to be. Yes. That is a stunningly good and I, it's not a good movie. I feel like this is kinda like Chappie
2: though, where I'm like, Y'all should watch Chappie, it's really not that bad and nobody watches it. I swear, like six years ago I was like, Y'all should really check out Seventeen Again, it's not awful and everyone's like, Yeah, right, I've never watched that <laughs> And somebody
1: does and they're like, Oh, it's not awful. I mean, I need a little little reminder of what Seventeen Again is. This is, it is a generic ass title. Yeah, it's is, is uh, Tom Lennon and Zach Efron, I guess would be the yeah. So, man.
0: Uh Zach Efron is uh like a high school in the late eighties and then he grows up and becomes Matthew Perry, so like everybody his head grows eight sizes <laughs> from <laughs> age eighteen to thirty eight. And uh he uh <laughs> Matthew Perry basically makes a wish that he could be young again. Okay. And I thought it was going to be one of those, like, you go back to when you were 17 with the knowledge of your future. Hot tub time machine. Right. But instead, he just became the Zac Efron <laughs> version of himself again in 2009. And so he, the whole thing is he leaves basketball, which he's, like, all-state,
2: all-American, to because his girlfriend doesn't want him to, like, go off and keep playing basketball. He leaves a game to go be with her and Mm -hmm. gives up his future in basketball to be with his wife. And then in the current time, he is, uh, divorced and fighting with that wife. So he's like, I wish I could go back. I would just play basketball.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. And so it's a surprisingly charming movie. Yeah. (laughs) Zach Efron, you know, that's, it's kind of before we really knew he had comedic chops and was, was a, you know, pretty good actor in the. Well, I don't know a good actor, but but uh, uh, the chemistry between him and Tom is great. So Tom Lennon plays yeah his uh, his high school buddy who has grown up. He's sort of the you know every 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 uh, age change movie they have to go find their friend to hang out with like in Big right. Uh, so it's like the reverse of but that. It broke, he, don't fix it. <laughs> right. He he goes and finds Tom Thomas Lennon is great in that movie. Yeah. Absolutely great. He was so funny with uh, Melora Harden, who played Jan on The Office. Mm-hmm. She's the principal of the school that he's trying just very overtly to seduce. And it is. But he's like a LARPer. <laughs> he's like a super nerd. They, the yeah. two of them interacting is really funny. I don't want to oversell this movie. <laughs> no, it's a.
2: I'd probably give it three and a half stars, which would be way higher. Two stars more than I would have thought I would give it.
0: Yeah, but this is a surprising, surprising little gem from yeah. a few years ago. It's got a deep, comedic cast, like uh, Jim Gaffigan's in it, and... Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Just a, a lot of comic forces that I like. And Tom Lemon's kind of revered in Hollywood as a writer,
1: producer yeah. for
0: comedy. And then the last thing I'll talk about is... Uh, I watched one new movie, and I watched Black Klansman, the new spikely joint. I'm excited it's in my early... It's an early Best Picture nominee for me. It's getting a lot of buzz. I uh, I liked it. I, I liked it. It was a. Uh, it's. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's a. It's an experience. It's a spiky movie. I mean, yeah, they are. A lot of his movies struggle to land with me in in certain ways because of how. Uh, You're not, not a young black person. Well, in New York City, it's not that because oddly enough, uh, do the right thing. Is, I love that movie.
1: Yeah. But I'm not saying it's impossible to relate with movies that are not about your demo, but... I think it's his it's his
0: tone and storytelling and his uh, the way he can... and Black Klansman definitely uh, does this, and it's certainly by design. It's not an accident that I've just picked up on. But it's something that I don't enjoy as much as when the, sh- the tone shifts dramatically. Swings wildly from like... Like, this is a comedy, this is a drama, this is a comedy, this is a heartbreaking documentary. This is a, uh, you know, and it's, it's, and it's it was a little weird for me in that respect, but it was still a very fun time at the movies.
2: Hmm. Do you just not enjoy that normally, or do you only, do you like, are you suggesting that you can enjoy that when it's done well and this wasn't done well? I suppose I can, it's hard for me to think of
0: examples. So you just generally don't like that structure, or lack of, I guess? Yeah, and I don't think something has to be all comedy, or, I mean, I certainly like dramatic comedies, but the the way this one played out, it was it was shifting genres, sort of, uh, without ever really blending them, if that makes sense. There would be a scene of comedy, and a scene of thriller, and they were done pretty well. I actually thought the last, there, there was a 20 minute span in the movie that's, it's actually a really good sort of race against time thriller uh, of sorts, which was which is fun, and, I, and I, he he does a good job. I think Spike Lee has a really good touch for thriller, oddly enough. Because I mean, uh, I'm
2: a big fan of that Bank Heist. Movie.
0: I actually watched it last night because uh, I was uh, itching. It, yeah, in, in the mood for it. What's and it called uh, Inside job? Inside Man. Inside Man. <clears throat> Inside Man. And it's it's uh, a great little movie with a fun twist. Yeah, he he doesn't often choose to make movies like that, but when he does, they're really really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, who are the cops in that? Willem Dafoe, Denzel Washington, and What was for? Or no, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, that's the one I was, I was sitting next to Denzel during all the interrogations. Yeah, those scenes are so good. But uh, but yeah, White Klansman is is uh, I certainly liked it. I, I get the feeling I may not like it as much as some people will, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it's, you know. How's its review right at the moment, do you know? It's getting a lot of rave reviews. And I think it's, oddly enough, getting rave reviews for the things that I liked least. And I feel like some of its modern political commentary is just a little on the nose. Yeah. And it lacks the subtlety. But then again, it's Spike Lee and that's just his style. So I don't Mm. begrudge him that. It's so a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and 82 which is really high on Metacritic. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, 97 seems about right because I don't know who would not recommend that movie. It's, sure, it's a it's a fun story. And 82 seems like it's probably about where you were if you were actually giving it a score one to one hundred, somewhere in there. Yeah, maybe slightly lower, maybe in the somewhere in the seventies. Yeah, that's probably what I gave it. Yeah, which is I, I liked it. Cool. So. Yeah, Neato. Go see, go see Black Cleanse. Yeah, I'm very somewhere. excited to see it. Me too. It's a, it's a surprisingly good buddy cop sort of... Uh, yeah, how,
1: how
2: is Denzel's son, Adam Driver, Topher Grace? it has got a fun little cast. I think Denzel Washington's son it's John David Washington. Yeah, I, I guess we should start calling him by his actual name. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. It's,
1: and he made it clear on Kimwell it's John David. It's not John, it's John David. Okay. John David Washington is, is good. I wish he
0: kind of had more to do in the movie. He he's the man behind the curtain so <clears throat> it's kind of hard right, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry man behind the curtain clan rose <laughs> <Yeah>. get it <laughs> uh,
0: Adam Driver definitely gets more to do here and uh, also Topher Grace is a uh, it's a strong showing in this movie fun
1: it's the start of the Topher Sons.
0: Topher Sons. Topher Sons. so that's uh, that's what I've been watching and what you heard on the streets though Breezy hmm we should make that a segment. Crazy on
1: the streets. <laughs> uh, that was gonna be Here on the Breets. <laughs> oh, real quick,
2: Brent want to tell us about shows from our musical guests coming up. Our musical guest, our
0: our intro and outro musicians. Yes. Yeah, so bands. this Friday night, August seventeenth. Uh, this Friday night, August seventeenth. Burifa, our beloved outro band, Burifa. 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 Uh, they're gonna be playing at Tin Roof Cantina. In uh, sort of Northridge Hills area of Atlanta, go check them out. It's a good little good little bar, and uh, two or three, uh, maybe four of us, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's I saw them at one of their last shows.
2: They put, on, they put on a fun show.
0: Yeah, I've seen them
2: live a couple of
0: times. Yeah. yeah. The uh, also the Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. Willow Walkers. September fourth at Smith's Old Bar. I got it yeah, that time. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Smith's Old Bar. That's a Tuesday, I want to say. Probably, September yeah. It's a 4th. Tuesday, and uh, the yawpers. playing with yeah. the yoppers So uh, go check them out too. So we, we love supporting these uh, these bands that have supported us. Yep. And we'll tell you again at the end of this and forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, yeah. So those shows are just around the corner for you if you're listening to this. So uh, yeah, come out Friday though. Hang out with us. Uh,
2: it's a fun little dive bar up there. If you only got a few bucks, you'll be able to have a few beers have Natty Light on draft.
0: I'm <laughs> excited. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> I do have Natty Light on draft.
2: Oh, no, they do. Cool. <laughs> it's called, like, stuff. But it it's definitely Natty Light. <laughs> it's like $4 a picture. A picture? <laughs> good. A photo
0: of Natty Light <laughs> for 50 Alright, so Breezy on the streets. Not in the sheets. What's happening on those streets? Huge piece of
2: news this week. I want you to start there.
0: Yeah, so we're, I don't know if y'all have listened to the podcast before, but we're kind of fond of the, the, door of the Oscars. That's
1: <laughs> not what we're leading with. We're uh, of
0: the Red Dead Redemption franchise. The, uh, <laughs> oh, we are, but the uh, Academy Awards, we, we... We spend about 25% of podcast time talking about the yeah. like Academy Awards. Like. I feel like some of the time it's spent on us, uh, you know, we say we're, we're big fans of it, but in the sense that we just spend a lot of time talking about how we would do it better. Sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, I think we've
2: all said, like, the Academy's great because they they don't necessarily tell you the best movie of the year ever, or even the top five movies or the top five performances or the best performance, but they don't
0: give you bad ones. And they spark the conversation, which is fun. Yeah. And that's the most valuable thing that any award show brings, is just thought and conversation. Yeah, the Oscars are uh, announcing a new category for this year. And that category is going to be Best Popular Film. This just seems ridiculous. I am... I, I don't know how... Uh, well, I think we can all say how we feel about this. I'll start off. I'll just say this seems ridiculous to me. It seems like they're just throwing a bone to movies they don't want to let in the door. Like movies that aren't good enough for the real awards. So here's a here's an award
2: participation for
1: participation trophy
0: for the yeah for the it
2: seems to me it's movies they want to let in but they don't think they can let them in too quick enough maybe I mean they I feel like they made strides to you know make the academy and the voting block more diverse and they didn't let it play out
0: what's crazy is the, the academy used like 50 years ago they used to nominate hits they nominate hits now they just nominate good ones
1: <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand. Every Marvel movie shouldn't be nominated for an Oscar. No. That comes out in a year. Yeah. Most of them shouldn't. Every Star Wars movie shouldn't be nominated for an Oscar. No.
2: Most of them shouldn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this is just normal. But, like, hell, we've had... Well, Titanic didn't make that much money. Right. Avatar. Yeah, Return of the King. It was a real flop. Toy Story? I mean,
2: I, I don't... I don't get it.
1: Yeah, some of the highest grossing movies of all time have been nominated for like Best Picture. Some of them have walked away with it. I
0: do think it's about superheroes, though. I think it's about superheroes specifically because I feel like the Academy has turned up its nose at uh, Wonder Woman and was preparing to do so again for uh, Black, Panther. Black Panther. They did it. They did it for Deadpool, which a lot of people thought should have gotten a Best Picture nomination. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean I would agree.
1: It's I mean they they gave big love to Logan. Like if, if 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 there's proof anywhere that superhero movies have a spot, why wouldn't it be the award that honors the source material that people actually give a shit about for superhero movies? Yeah. For adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I I think that it is an interesting change and I welcome it as an experiment. I'm all about awarding more
2: things. Yeah.
1: We talked about, yeah, you talked about that in the post where you think that like best stunt work should at least be a technical award that gets given out. You have talked about voice acting voice work. Yeah. yeah. Like the uh, we talked about Circus who
2: it's like kinda of ridiculous that he doesn't have a statue. Right. I mean all he's the things he, he's, he's done. How does he not have a special an actor
1: by now? Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. I don't even want him to get a special Oscar. I don't want him to give that. Like, you've obviously influenced the movie. Like, like you and Doug Jones are, mm-hmm. you know, this in a class above everyone else for what you can do in a suit with never showing your face on the camera. Except in like, Jeepers Creepers and Devil Wears Prada. But, like, you know, they should get acting awards. And if you're wondering why we haven't given you details
2: about the criteria for this category, it's because the Academy doesn't even know what the fuck the criteria is for this category yet, which is super scary to me. Because what I don't want is, like, Hidden Figures getting nominated for Best Popular Film and not getting a Best Picture Nom. Is that what's going to happen? Hidden Figures made a ridiculous amount of money. Super popular. And it was super deserving of a Best Picture nominee.
0: Uh, Definitely, this takes the pressure off uh, the uh, the nominating people. To incorporate popular movies, it's just something that they've heard in recent years as a complaint, and I wonder if this is the type of thing that will potentially keep Logan from getting a, the next Logan from getting a screenplay. Because if they're trying to make them, <laughs> it's funny with Oscar separate but equal categories.
2: That's gonna fuck up all kinds of shit because it's not it's not gonna work. The Best picture is going to
1: be the one that carries the most prestige and weight. Clout, right don't you think yeah i mean this, this 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 is giving out a best silver medalist from like award they're saying like you you are the the top of your class but it is a lower class it is a lower class It is, you know of the movies that most people wanted to go see you were the best of those but of the best movies of the year you're not in the the category yeah it's not going to help ratings. And that's... that's It'll help I'm backlash, I think. Uh, we were, I was talking to Al about this, and he disagreed with me, but
2: I think it will help. Backlash from people that normally don't give a shit about the Oscars until that week. I think they will stop bitching if, you know, these movies get nominated you think
1: You think they're going to walk away and say, like, well, I'm happy to see that Infinity War got nominated? They're just not going to say anything. Oh. It's not going to be news, is my point. The
2: And I'm talking about the people that are, like, that actually don't give a shit about the ceremony. Or you know they couldn't tell you what won best picture last year, but they want to bitch about it every February. Right. Those people will go away, and I think the people that actually give a shit are going to be annoyed. <laughs> That's also, what I-, I
0: think it's, I think it's good. I think it will be somewhat telling when they give out the award in the ceremony. I think it'll be. I think it'll be before the big, big four
1: anyway. Before they get to the quote unquote serious things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Make them wait. If one of the justifications is to increase is to like increase ratings, then. But
2: maybe not too. Because what if like I don't know you gonna. I think there's a solid chance you're gonna know who's gonna win that category before the ceremony starts, because there's gonna be
0: one popular film that's nominated for Best Picture, maybe, or it's nominated for enough other technical awards like editing and cinematography that well that it becomes predictable.
2: Not that as much because that's happened in years past where it yeah. doesn't work out that way. I mean, Moonlight
1: yeah. be
2: flawed. Mad Max won everything. It was nominated for Best Picture, and lost. Yeah, The Spotlight, which didn't win anything, you know. So that happens some, that's
0: what I'm saying. But like when you're introducing a category that's a best type of film. For me though, I compare it to like animation. If there's like one animated movie that's nominated for screenplay and best picture, it's winning animation. I think. It's winning best animated movie. Yeah, but you said best picture. I don't think you need the screenplay part. If there's one animated movie that's nominated for best picture, it's oh, gonna no. no, be a I, meant, I film. meant if there's a most if there's a best popular movie that's nominated in a bunch of other categories, and none of the other best popular movie nominees are then that movie's probably going to win Best
1: Popular Movie. Probably, but I'm saying
0: 100% for sure if it's nominated for just Best Picture, it's going to win
2: Best Popular Picture. You can do it without all the other categories. It's oh, yes. yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Also, is everyone forgetting that Kubo and the Two Strings got nominated for an award outside of Best Animated and didn't win Best Animated? True.
2: Let us think. I think that happens more.
1: Yeah. I've blocked that completely out. That is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw, again, the like, stop motion that went into like the... The giant creature? No, the introduction of uh, the monkey character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the dad. Yeah, no, no, the mom. Yes. Kubo, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been five years yet? Can we put it in the talk of fame? Getting close. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. See that that to me, I, I I welcome it for a year or two to see how it shakes out. Especially because, yeah, I didn't see details. Yeah, I, I want to know because if it's it's it'll be especially interesting to me because if they have um, criteria that automatically like sets the nominees before nomination day, like that sucks. Like if it has to have grossed over X number of dollars, then that's like the most elitist fucking award. Or like like top, more so than more so than the rest of the Oscars, like you are you are just giving an award to studios who can spend a ton of money on stuff. Hey, buddy, do you want to join on the
0: Oscar talk? <laughs> <laughs> also, also wonder if if that is the threshold. Uh, if if the threshold is is dollars, then are we going to see are we going to see like December re releases to try to get movies over thresholds to get to this like. This dollar amount, this like, oh, this this movie only grossed 196 million dollars. It needs to hit the 200 million threshold domestically to be eligible for best popular movie, and
1: let's re-release it the week of Christmas. To I feel like there has to be a dollar threshold, or else we can't be talking about popular movies. Well, if it's like top top ten grossing. In yeah, that year. Either way, I think that's like a that's that's that sucks for right. criteria. Well, like, I think what Brent's saying, which is something else. By the yeah. way, we're
2: joined now by David. <laughs> David <laughs> walked in for the for the Oscar thing, which is good timing.
1: I for was him. called in. Yeah, <laughs> he
0: heard he heard a beacon. He heard people talking about saw golden statue in the sky,
1: and after calling his loved ones and telling them goodbye, he realized it was we were talking about Oscars. But that's what I'm saying. Is why I need details because if
2: it's I agree with what you're saying. It sucks either way. But just on a, a side note, like if it's the top
0: 25, the category's changing year to year. You could actually screw up another studio. You could play some studio games where you're just like, okay, probably the best movie, the one most likely to win if it's like the top 10. It's sitting in 10th place right now. We've got a garbage movie that's really close. So we can't win by getting into 10th place, but we
1: could keep this, you know, this studio from winning. By like knocking them out, multi-million-dollar investment just to piss off a studio. Of course,
3: <laughs> essentially, it would be Disney saying which one of their other Disney properties they don't want to get in. <laughs> right. So, okay. how, do, how do y'all think it'll work?
2: I'm just, what's your, what's what's your gu- gu- that's what's the, your criteria?
1: That's what I'm trying to figure out because if it's if they could somehow like like distill it down to like number of tickets sold rather than like, I mean, if it's still like I, I don't. Because when you say popular, is it going to be a fucking fan vote? Is it going to be the, <laughs> the People's <laughs> Choice Oscar?
3: Some people have been talking about that. Is that what it's going to be? Because that's like, essentially the uh, outcome the Academy wants, right? That's, Ooh, is I, I, want I would almost be
1: fine with that. Maybe vote Maybe during the ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Take out your cell phone. That's how they get people to watch. <laughs> I would almost be fine with that, though, because then it separates it entirely from the Academy I like that discussion. better than the other thing yeah it still turns into like minions that no. No, no nominees that'd be fun just <laughs> yeah the
2: winner is like <laughs> what would <if>, the <that'd> be <laughs> suck though if like Avatar didn't win because there were three different Avatars voted on because people kept spelling it wrong <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: they'll probably normalize those names but <laughs> the winner is the Bumblebee movie its coming out <laughs> but yeah it's I, I think that that might be there's no way they do it though. <laughs> the, the, the Academy's not giving away an Oscar to really a power. Yeah, <laughs> n- not something that they don't have a voice in. No way. No. They'll, they'll at least choose the nominees if they do that. What do you think it'll be? Criteria for this?
3: Uh, I think it'll probably be a certain dollar amount but I've also heard what I kind of like is a uh, ratio of out of uh, revenue to um, budget that could knock out some like things that cost $200 million and they make $400 million. Versus, like, Moonlight made, like, $25 million on, like, a $3 million budget. Does that get in? <laughs> I really hope Moonlight would get nominated for Best yeah. Popular Movie.
1: One of the arguments I saw from someone recently was that they didn't understand why Moonlight won Best Picture. And then they listed, like, all of the superhero movies that came out that year. They're like, these were all better than it by far. And it was like, oh, you're who this award is for. Yeah. <laughs> Why do, you watch, why do you care what the Oscars does?
3: I jumped in, but if you guys talk about the backlash to the popular film thing?
1: What, what do you mean? We're just, just, talking, about we're just about giving our opinions. Yeah.
3: Essentially, people are saying that this is terrible for movies like Black Panther that should be able to get in on their own and it's going to yeah, stratify those kind of movies. Yeah, I've called it not hilariously separate, but equal categories. Yeah. Yeah. My thought uh, is we already have examples of Subclassifications of best movies already. Like, Best Documentary, before the category was created and after, there's been zero nominees. But Animated, before there was an Animated category, there was one Best Picture nominee, and then there was two. Yeah. Small sample size, but... Right. Doesn't seem that much of a big thing. The biggest thing would be, biggest example in Foreign Language, before the Foreign Language category in 1956, there was one movie in... 40 years that was a foreign language movie and after they created its own category like it gets that category and there's the other one there was like seven different nominees that went into best picture so i think like sub categorization that strands movies only in popular film it may be a little bit of a myth i think black panther would be that kind of movie that kind of gets in anyway or that caliber movie would get into best picture anyway
0: you think that's causation or correlation necessarily? Because like, I think I, I, I don't know. I guess my my thought would be like, well, it makes sense that more foreign movies would get nominated as foreign movies become more accessible.
1: Yeah. So over that's, the years, that and, that was that was the point that I want was going to make was that with best animated, best documentary, and best foreign, you're taking movies that otherwise would not be seen by the Academy, and you're putting it in front of them best popular movie like there's no world in which I think that like the Academy doesn't see movies throughout the year and then they all of a sudden when they start getting screeners they start watching stuff. Those are both good points. Both of what y'all saying. Yeah. It's, it's
3: yeah. interesting. I, I bring it up to think that I think that that's kind of like a uh, m- uh, theoretical myth for what's going to happen. I think the opposite may happen is there could be another nomination for these kind of movies that kind of push it over into being watched and being appreciated for something.
0: I right. could see that. I could see it being like, well, now that Mission Impossible: Fallout is a, you know, potential Academy Award. Like, I think they see movies as like Academy Award style movies. Maybe. Sure. And so now that this category I think most is. The does too. I think now that this this category is going to get you know five new movies in to that discussion. If there are new movies that wouldn't otherwise be in the discussion, then. Maybe it does pick up a few extra...
3: I could see it playing out either way. Because my thought is, like, an example of a movie none of us like, more. But more was a movie you had to see anyway, because it was in the foreign language race. And then after people saw that, they appreciated for more things. Right. I think you could see that happen. Did you get nominated gonna, for Best
2: Foreign Language Picture? That
3: yes. It didn't win, though, did it? Yes,
2: it won. I'm pretty sure it won. I thought it wasn't nominated. I'm sure you're
1: right. I'm looking at up anyway. But, but... That still assumes a world where where Academy members are only watching screeners. The whole purpose of a popular movie category is that these movies are so popular that we need to recognize them. So, the Academy isn't a vacuum. Like, they, they contribute to those dollars for popular movies. So, like, you know, that they might turn their brain on and off for critical evaluation of movies is, you know, a problem of the voters and and of the Academy members, but, like, All of these movies get submitted for Best Picture consideration. The Best Picture field before they started voting at all was 370 movies last year. Like, there's no fucking way that Disney, Marvel, ABC, whatever, aren't going to put, you know, X number of superhero movies in front of them, also. Like, they have access to see these movies. They're being told, look at this in a critical light. They're getting four year consideration discs for. All sorts of categories. To then say like, oh, but now, like, let's just give this movie a nod in a popular movie category is, I don't think it'll it'll have the the bleed over effect of being like, well, now that we're looking at it as a popular movie, is this like should we consider it as like the best picture of the year as well?
3: Well, I think you're you're right and you're wrong in that. no I am. <laughs> yeah, in how PR campaigning happens for that stuff. Yeah, there's like for your consideration in all category stuff, but they focus on the stuff that they know that they have a shot for. Right. It's uh, you know trying to make sense of the money they're putting into different things. So it could be you know for your consideration at all categories, but they say especially in visual effects, cinematography, editing, technical things that they know they have a shot at. So if they can put their money and momentum behind, I also think that there are people in the academy that just categorically write off popular popcorn movies because mm-hmm. if you're making movies a lot of time people don't take the time especially the older Academy members who've been in there for forever and a popular movie to them is like Rain Man right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they categorically avoid that stuff
1: don't you think though that, that as as the like production company for like the actual producers not the company obviously for the Black Panther you wouldn't just want to get win the popular movie award Wouldn't you spend all of your dollars campaigning behind that? Whatever that award looks like, however you can campaign for it. Like, isn't it more meaningful if the award is created for people who think that the Oscars are like not arrogant, elitist. So now they're introducing this for you, the casual moviegoer who spends your $20 every two months to see the big blockbuster movie. If you're Black Panther, wouldn't you want
3: to put your money for those people? In their new, like, award? Absolutely. I'd rather win the Popular Movie Award than take a shot at being 7, 8, or 9. Yeah. Because the other thing is, if they really want to fix this, they could go back to what they did in 2009 and 2010. Which, right now, to get into Best Picture Field, you have to have 5% of the Academy has to put it as number one. So, whereas Black Panther, everyone may appreciate it, it may not be.
1: There's gonna be a lot of people's like number three or four.
3: Yeah, it's essentially like around four hundred people have to say it was the best film of the entire year across the Academy. That was
0: my reaction to this, which is I don't know why they didn't just ex- change the nomination process or expand the categories more. Yeah, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with just nominating ten movies for Best Picture. That's a that's a few extra movies that people are going to go see because they're best picture nominees. I have no idea why the Academy wouldn't just want to not. Obviously, you don't want to nominate so many that people can't keep track of them.
3: But ten is is army It does it does put movies in. I mean, it's I've heard the uh, the argument for why they did it. Some people like it because you should only have movies that have a shot, that have the passion behind. This is the best movie of the year. Versus, like, a District 9 in 2009, because, I mean, it never was even close to having a shot. But it was appreciated by enough of the Academy, like, 6th, 7th, and 8th place votes to get in there. Yeah. So, I, I like more nominees. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that's yeah. the other argument. Yeah. But foreign languages,
2: I don't know. I mean, I see all your points there, but all that seems weird. The foreign language nomination process is so fucking weird. And different.
3: That's true.
2: Than everything juried else. Juried and shortlisted. And uh, each, it could very easily a movie get nominated for Best Picture and not get nominated for Best Foreign Language yeah. Film because it didn't even make it out of that country.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, that
3: that country's film board has to pick one winner, like Gladiator style. Sure. I'm just trying to search for any kind of correlation. Press yeah, yeah. Right. Right now. I mean, the popular film could be like a shortlisted category. You could have a committee that says these are the acceptable ones, so that like Transformers, Dark Side of the Transformer. <laughs> doesn't get in there monetarily.
1: Yeah, right. Also, do they go worldwide if it's a dollar amount? It's going to be
0: like that Chinese movie that just wasn't even released anywhere outside of China that made a
1: billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. If it's online voting, like, they, they can't even hand the right hand... Envelopes to the right people like you no really mean, think that, or fuck. No Yeah, no. you might
3: have like the Bodie McBoat face of Phil. Right. Oh, no, no.
1: <laughs> you absolutely will. The first year that that they do this, four chan is going to decide who wins that. The, Oscar. purge. The purge. <laughs>
3: I, I don't see <laughs> yeah. them doing that, but no, no, yeah, no.
1: Unless unless they they say like of these three movies, what is the best popular movie?
0: I don't think they would let people vote on a, a winner. I think I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if. Uh,
1: give us the ten nominees.
0: Yeah, and you vote on the five. They give us ten choices for movies and, and like, the fans can vote on the five nominees for Best Popular Film from these fifteen or something. And then that the Academy we... decides the winner from then, the five. Then they decide the winner.
3: Sure. Well, Actually, Academy the... has a short list of five and you fan vote the rest of the five. Right. So that's the ten possible.
0: I wouldn't hate a fan vote nomination for other awards as well as long as you could limit their choices to begin with to an extent. Like... Like, here are here are ten actors from movies that were popular that we thought were good performances that didn't make it into our five best actors.
3: Yeah. And vote vote for a nominee. It defeats then we'll... the, the purpose a little bit.
1: Yeah, you go to other award shows for that. Yeah. And you look at the people who win those awards. <laughs> and... And it all makes sense why the Academy doesn't do it that way. Well, here is the other thing: it's Channing like, Tatum isn't the best actor of the year any year he, he's in a movie. More important, so far, more important than winning any Oscar is being
2: nominated for any Oscar. So if you start fucking with the nomination process, it takes that away, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think it's way more interesting to think about who's been nominated for Oscars than it is to think about who won them.
3: Yes, I agree. It's more exciting to me nomination day than is the actual ceremony. One hundred percent. Nomination day is fun. Yeah, I love the wild cards.
1: Like
2: mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, or uh, what's her name from Spotlight? Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you know me and David have been talking about her for like weeks leading up. like, She could sneak so in. She could sneak so in. How she fun, so fun was
3: Leslie Manville this last year for Phantom Thread? Yeah. As yeah. Cecil. Yeah. My,
1: yeah. my big win was, lo- and what I talked about before you got here was Logan for adapted screenplay. Yeah. yeah. Like, that seems teed up for the people who are complaining about the Oscars. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I do worry about films not getting, because no matter what they do, Best Picture is going to be the one that carries the most clout. And if movies are getting left out of that because the nominating blocks think there's a separate category that fits Get Out, Hidden Figures, Avatar, Toy Story 3 better than Best Film, are those movies going to get less out of the Best Film race? Because it's always a two or three film race for Best Picture. We yeah. always know that. Yeah. Everyone who knows anything about it always knows that. But those six films still deserve to be there. And it's fun that they're there. It's fun that District 9 got nominated. It's fun that More got nominated. Yeah, you know I think I mean?
3: it's more fun for the Academy Best Picture list to truly represent a snapshot of films of that year, whereas the winner may be one or two, and it's, like, established Academy tropes who ends up winning. To have that snapshot in, like, 2010, it's like Toy Story 3 was was that year, and Winner's Bone, this the beginning of Jennifer Lawrence, I think that that's a better snapshot than what we have, like, Which, last couple of years, especially with, like, eight nominees. That's, and what I was saying before you go on, didn't David, is that they've
2: made, they've taken steps Created measures to make the academy more diverse, more, you know, in gender and in race, and in age, and in an age. And I don't think they've let it take its course yet. They were yeah. taking steps to fix it, let it fix itself. I mean, it's kind of the same way when they when they went to ten nominees for those two years, and now the way it is now from five. I mean, they were doing that because, in large part, because The Dark Knight and Wally didn't get nominated, and they wanted to have room for those movies to get nominated. So, you've mm-hmm. already tried to fix it. Just let it run its course. Sometimes there aren't there aren't superhero movies. There aren't animated movies that are that good. Yeah, they don't have they don't have to come out every year.
3: That being said, the exacerbation is because of Disney, who has the uh, presentation rights for the next ten years to twenty twenty eight. And if none of their Disney movies make it in Best Picture, but they're paying for the multi million dollar presentation, uh-huh. they're going to want to show some returns on it, and they're powerful enough to say, "Make this happen faster." It's essentially like throwing a party at your house where everyone gets like I don't know, gets an award, your best friend and your best friend and you're like a great guy and you don't get anything for like 10 years straight but you pay for everything and
1: seems like I can see where seems they're coming
3: from that it should have represented what's actually happening in popular culture but just know that Disney is the one that uh, pushed this. Yeah.
2: I mean, I can't see where they're coming from at all. I think it's a fucking farce. It makes no fucking sense. There's 15 fucking awards out there. Disney's winning all of them. Why yeah. do they need this one too? You're the one who fucking
1: bought it. That's it, your fault. It's a bad investment. Yeah. Go it, fuck yourself. It's like, it's don't campaign to... for the Olympics. It's a bad investment. Yeah. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. That's the most
2: petulant thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense.
3: But they directly told the Academy Board of Governors that yeah, we, they want this. Yeah.
1: I imagine, because um, imagine I think Jason Blum is still the, uh, the chair of the Academy it must have been such a hard pill for him to swallow being like Blumhouse like the you know like the Cinderella story last year with get out and then they're like okay good job with get out but um we need awards now so uh, you need to make a new category for us
3: and really the awards is like the 300 million dollars that your movie makes <laughs> and it's your 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 stock price right
1: yeah it's and now that they've bought 20th Century Fox it's having like 18 of the top 20 highest-grossing films of all time.
2: They won awards last year.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they won Oscars last year. What the fuck are they bitching about?
1: Actually,
2: well, is this...
3: not the most high-profile ones where you can brag about. And not even being considered. It would it would be cool, though, if they pushed and got a voice acting or, uh...
1: Literally, like, the last guy who
3: fucking won an Oscar for Disney went on stage and was like, oh, this is getting boring. <laughs> like, fuck! <laughs> It'd be much more exciting if it was for Best Picture, though. He wouldn't say it was boring. Maybe he would Yeah, I think he would. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that guy was such a cock with his acceptance yes. speech. It is it rare to, like, instant all, all of us in a room boo a guy <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he starts talking. Oh, this is getting boring.
0: And yeah, no, when, when you... When I, when I mentioned the uh, fan vote nomination thing, you're like, that, that defeats the purpose, and I agree, historically, that does defeat the purpose, but when a... But when... The broadcast company just gets to make up new categories for you to award things in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're above fan votes anymore. Yeah, I this, don't know if you have the. Yeah, you just picked the fans you like the best and told them to vote. <laughs> that's
2: what you did.
1: Yeah, <laughs> this is this is the uh, this is the your dad is the coach of your softball your little league team, <laughs> so like you know you you get first first spot batting.
0: And that's ultimately what rubs me wrong about the whole introduction of this category is just the fact that it's so. Clearly came from... Corporate catering. A a yeah. Yeah. a party that stands to gain Oscar wins from it. Because they want to slap, you know...
3: Yeah. Best popular film but on their Iron Man 8
0: DVD. It is
3: a The ceremony is a depreciating asset, though. When they bought it, there was a certain number of viewers, and it's hemorrhaging every year. Yeah. And they justify that by the ads that they can sell. And the ad revenue and the ad worth is going down every year. Uh-huh. So... I don't know. They're Disney, so they can't have any failures, and they're magic. So they need
1: to sell it.
2: Yeah, if they really think that the best way to fucking fix that is to make a best popular film category, they're horrible in business.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, right now, they're Shorten it to three hours—that's fine. That's I'm, I'm on board. Don't you don't have to give the editing or whatever categories away on air. That makes that seems like good business decisions that I don't like personally. Yeah, but just making a best popular film category is. It's not. It's not going to drive viewership up by the millions.
3: It won't. But as a person who likes the Oscars, I just like a new category. Like oh, all about new, new category. Seventeen years. It'll yeah, be interesting. I appreciate that part. I don't think it's going to help what they think. No, it's not going to work. One hundred percent agree. I think also it's a they, fun experiment. They could. Yeah. yeah. I'm all for it. How I don't right know. <laughs> I don't
0: really know if people hate the length of the Oscars as much as the lateness of the Oscars. They could. What else is happening at six o'clock? Here's, 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 I, the thing that people the show hate. Early. The
1: thing that people hate about the Oscars that that the the, the the corporate owners aren't going to change is people hate how many ad breaks there are and how long the ads are, and they feel like that's what makes
3: it feel long. But it's not going away. People also hate montages but that's like your thing. It's like, you want to see Captain America Civil War? It's in our montage of, you know, Hollywood at War. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about that shit. They should also
0: just stress, I don't, I don't know, the, the, uh, Hollywood at War. <laughs> they do that garbage. <laughs> I would start the ceremony early. Just put all the stuff that people, that only us care about
3: at the beginning. And us then, us care about
1: everything though. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Us like all thing, Or, you know, big six categories. Spread them out throughout the entire night. So I always love best supporting actors, the first award. Yeah. And then maybe like every 20 minutes you give away a main acting, screenplay, director, or picture award. Yeah. Because everything was backloaded for film, the last, last half hour is like. The most important,
2: everything. What if I get I can make a movie and get nominated for best
1: unpopular film. <laughs> it's just me taking a shit. I bet you're going to see. People want to see it. You with this, whatever movies get nominated, I'm, I'm gonna make, make a, a porn
3: hubby for
1: that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make a bet right now that the that four of the five movies that are nominated in this whatever category it is are also nominated for worst movie of the year for the Razzies. That's my prediction. Ooh. I don't think
3: so. I think they're gonna try to curate it because it's gonna be a black eye if that happens for them. I will only disagree they don't
0: because give a shit what the Razzies do. <laughs> I will only disagree because the Razzies, I think in recent years, are having to just delve deeper and deeper into the bin <laughs> to try to stay relevant. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Do so they do like Hillary's America for yeah. a Razzie? It's like who's really even seeing that? Like they're <laughs> not, not even nominating
0: Transformers it's, movies anymore. They're
2: nominating No yeah, yeah. It's my main competition yeah. for my shit video. <laughs> for a best Unpopular film. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well,
0: I think it's. Uh, I think we've uh, we've we've talked plenty on this. Um, okay, bye. <laughs> any uh, any other breezy? No, no, no. Let's move on. And uh, new in theaters this week, we've got three movies to choose from. We've got Mile Twenty Two. Does anybody know what that's about?
3: Nope, I do not. It seems to have Mark Wahlberg. I didn't see the first twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get caught up, so I can't comment. <laughs> Yeah, I think
1: that's it's a movie about like a teacher in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> it's a it's a fun guess. It's a fun game to play. Um,
0: okay, I've I just found the synopsis. Uh, a CIA field officer and an Indonesian police officer are forced mm-hmm. to work together in confronting oh. political corruption. An informant uh.
1: must be moved twenty two miles to safety. Yeah. Okay, the, it's Mark Wahlberg is the head of like a, a like a hit squad. Yeah. It's got a Maggie Green from Walking Dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, we also have (laughs) Crazy Rich Asians. An
0: American-born Chinese economics professor accompanies her boyfriend to Singapore for his best friend's wedding, only to get thrust into the lives of Asia's rich and famous.
3: It's supposed to be a really fun book, and it kind of has to succeed (laughs) 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 for minority representation. I think it looks kind of funny. And then we
0: have the movie Alpha. After a hunting expedition goes awry, a young caveman struggles against the elements to find
2: his oh way my home. God.
1: This movie's just coming out? Yeah, it's
0: been trailered forever.
3: So what's your pick? <laughs>
1: it's made up of verb. Crazy Rich Asians.
3: I don't know that I have a, I have a vote. I didn't even yeah, watch this. That's how it works. Crazy Rich Asians, 100%. I don't want to see... It. The dog's going to be in danger and I'm going to be upset in Alpha. the movie
2: looks stupid as fuck. I'm gonna see it even though it looks stupid as fuck because the premise is ridiculous. <laughs> it
3: was the first dog.
1: <laughs>
3: um, it's great. And the caveman has to put the dog in witness protection. <laughs> twenty-two miles away. I'll take mile twenty-two because
0: Mark, Wahl- Mark Wahlberg's movies have been surprisingly better than they should be lately.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: So
3: you don't believe me? I'll give it to you. <laughs> I've I probably haven't seen one since. Shooter. <laughs> the uh, the like two the that got
2: nominated two years ago were both really good. The yeah. Boston Marathon movie and the Deepwater, Horizon. Deepwater. They were good. I didn't see either of those. Well, Boston Strong? I don't yeah. have the Patriot Day? ability Patriot Day. to contradict Patriot Day. you. Yeah, Strong was the next Boston Marathon movie. Right. right. I like Strong. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Stronger? Stronger. Yeah. Stronger. Yeah. Jake yeah. Kelly Clarkson movie. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's it. And uh, so we recommend uh, we have a two one one. Wait, what did you vote for, Alpha? Yeah. Okay, we have a two one one split.
1: I called in David so that we could win with crazy, rich, so, crazy rich Asians. So go
0: watch Crazy Rich Asians right. and uh, more money. And that will do it. This has been Talky Talk, <laughs> podcast the Media Bias. Uh, check out our site and see our stuff at TheMediaBias.com dot You can join our Facebook groups, games by us, movies by us, and TV by us. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at the media by us, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> send us an email to make sure that our email works. Uh, at uh, it's yeah the uh, media by us at gmail.com at yeah at the media by us at yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, and that almost does it. Reminding you one more time that uh, Burifa August seventeenth at. Tin Roof Cantina and we want to thank Burifa for our outro music Buripa. Buripa. and September 4th at old Bar Willow Walkers Willow Walkers thank you for our intro thank music thank you. Maybe, maybe you maybe if lots of you show up at mass and make a request they'll play the talk to talk theme song they definitely would kick start a chant at that show. down on dusty road. but that's it thanks for listening and uh rate and subscribe so and buy bye long time ago Kicking out records of all the things that I know.
3: All the things that
0: I know. Announcing a new category for this year. And that category is going to be... Best White Guy in the Black Guy Movie. Yeah. <laughs>